Good afternoon and welcome to the City View podcast. This is Andy Sylvester from the City AM Newsroom. In a few minutes, we'll talk to Victoria Scholar, Head of Investment at Interactive Investor, as we look at a sell-off in Asia, the outlook for oil, and we react to UK unemployment figures released this morning. But the corporate headlines first, and HSBC have announced plans to shut some 69 stores across the UK as they continue the pivot away from bricks and mortar banking. The bank announced 82 closures in January of last year, and this morning, the head of HSBC's UK branches said the way people Bank is changing and said that shift had been accelerated by the pandemic. Spokesperson for HSBC said it would look to redeploy the 400 or so staff affected into different roles. Elsewhere, Bentley announced that it had doubled its 2021 profits, prompting the company to pledge the production of one electric car model per year. The results were achieved against continued backdrop of economic uncertainty, said the group's CEO, Adrian Hallmark, who called them a major achievement. Hybrid models were the main drivers behind the company's growth. Meanwhile, Volkswagen's boss Herbert Dice has warned that this year's output could be put in danger as the shortage of wire harnesses has become the group's biggest supply chain issues. The war in Ukraine has put our existing outlook into question, the boss said this morning during a press conference, adding that the market will remain volatile for not just this year, but the next four years. According to the CEO, a halt in the supply of wire harnesses, which are apparently unique to each model, could oblige the world's second largest automotive manufacturer to lower expectations, bringing them even lower than the 8 million motors forecast in December. Elsewhere, profits at DFS have taken a hit from COVID-related supply chain challenges. Arm is set to shed staff after the breakdown of its planned takeover by NVIDIA, and Wilco has apologised for asking staff to come into work even if they had covid so long as they felt fine in the morning. Um, I'm joined now by Victoria Scholar, our semi-regular contributor on the podcast. Victoria is Head of Investment at Interactive Investor. Victoria, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me back. Always a pleasure. Um, Why don't we start in Asia, an absolutely brutal sell-off overnight, and that's set the mood really for equities across the world, hasn't it? Yeah, and it's really China's tech sector that's been hit hardest. We saw an 11% slump yesterday and another 8% slump on uh, today. So there are fears that we could see more downside in the sessions ahead. But we've seen about $460 billion wiped from China's tech sector this year. And we are seeing some of that negativity go beyond China's borders. The chip makers in Europe, for example, taking a hit today. Mm. Um, And we have seen European equities lower as well. And it's a sort of toxic combination of rising COVID cases, but it's more about what we're expecting in terms of uh, Beijing's policy response, because we know they're very aggressive when it comes to their zero COVID policy. And that combines with sort of China's stance towards the Russia-Ukraine conflict. So there's been a sort of overall sense that international investors are shunning Chinese equities. JP Morgan, for example, saying Chinese stocks are now uninvestable. Yeah, which is a pretty damning point. And we, we sort of thought mm. we had the we had the tech sell-off, I guess, last year. And we had the yeah. tech crackdown in, in China last year. And I think that there was optimism that that might have been left behind. But you're right, there is this combination of more regulation seemingly on the way. But COVID, it may it may feel like it's gone in the UK, although I have to say I'm slightly concerned by the number of mates of mine that mm. g- keep tapping me up at yeah, the moment to too. tell me it's all happening again. Um, totally. But there is a sort of a, a gone here, but certainly not forgotten in Asia. And you look at the supply chains right across, particularly Southeast Asia, where you still have significant COVID outbreaks. Um, and that is obviously going to affect sentiment there as well. We all remember how bad it was in March 2020. Um, and there's no real mm. reason why markets wouldn't react, you know, angrily as well in in locales where it is still it is still prevalent. But let's talk about European equities as well. We had 
I felt like there was some positive momentum, I think, perhaps at the back end of last week. Um, it was certainly a roller coaster on markets uh, in Europe and in London last week. And yet we seem to have started the week again. Pretty, pretty bad news. Yeah, I mean, there was positive momentum, but it appears to have been short-lived at the start of the week. We have saw stocks sharply lower this morning. They have paired some of those uh, losses now, but the FTSE 100 still down sharply. And it's interesting to look at the stocks that are languishing at the bottom of the index because it's the likes of Prudential, Rio Tinto and HSBC. And those are mm. some of the companies with the biggest exposure to China. So it feels as though this sell-off is more related to China than it is to uh, Russia and Ukraine. Yeah, we seem to be in a bit. There, there seem I don't know what your your sense of of investors at the moment is, but there seems to be a bit of a pause on reacting to Russia and Ukraine. There seems to be a, an acceptance that we might be moving towards a slightly almost a longer term a longer term crisis rather than a short term uh, rather than anything that's worth reacting to in the short term after the initial sell off a few weeks ago. Um, one area where it certainly will make an impact in the short, medium, and long term. Uh, as will what's going on in China with COVID lockdowns being back on the agenda, is in the oil market. Yeah, and we've seen oil prices sharply lower again today, down by more than 7% to around two-week lows. Interestingly, Brent crude has pushed below that key $100 a barrel mark. And there's kind of a combination of... um, the supply side and the demand side, because like you say, the market has sort of uh, stopped slightly reacting to the headlines when it comes to Ukraine and Russia in the same way that they were in the last two weeks. There is a little bit of optimism towards the possibility of a ceasefire with those talks yesterday. No, they haven't resulted in anything, but at least they're taking place. But now it's also coupled with uh, some pressures on the demand side because uh, with fears of an aggressive policy response from Beijing, uh, we could see the prospect of much weaker demand for oil going forward. Morgan Stanley, for example, saying that uh, China's GDP could come in at zero this year. You know, Beijing's looking for around 5.5% in terms of its target. So it's no longer a conversation just about supply. We're also talking about the potential for subdued demand as well. Mm, and thinking about the wider economy, I mean, any slowdown in China is, is bad news, right? Because we have seen, even when you look at the forecast, the optimistic forecast out of the Bank of England or the Fed or the IMF or the OECD, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We have this great rebound from the COVID-19 pandemic across Western economies. We see a huge boost in GDP this year and maybe the sort of end of that in 2023. And then trend rates of growth fall back again to pretty unspectacular fine, but pretty unspectacular levels. But looking ahead in the global economy, that Chinese economy has powered global growth for so long now that if the Chinese economy starts to lag on that global recovery, it's going to be something certainly to watch on the global stage. Why don't we finish in the UK? We did have some numbers out again today around UK unemployment. Um, as ever, the Chancellor this morning out and about touting the, the UK's jobs miracle. Um, but mm. when you look into average pay in particular, that doesn't bode well for economic growth in the UK over the next coming months. Yeah, and it's a similar story to what we've seen in recent readings, which is a headline figure looking very strong. Unemployment at 3.9%, two-year lows back to pre-pandemic levels. But it's all about how uh, 
wages equate with inflation because actually uh, real average pay has fallen by 1%. But we're seeing the same dynamics over and over again, which is we're seeing record high vacancies um, coupled with low participation in the labor market, which is creating this gap and um, a lot of vacancies and a lot of companies struggling to attract the right staff. So yes, the unemployment rate is very low, but participation or the amount of people who choose to take part in the labor market is actually much lower than it is historically as well. And as we go forward, you know, if we continue to see some pressures on the economy from a lot of the things that we've already been talking about, like Russia and Ukraine, uh, like China, that could change the picture for uh, unemployment and see that figure potentially push higher. Mm, and energy prices as well set to put significant pressure yeah. on the UK economy when the price cap goes up significantly in April. Businesses, of course, mm. already feeling the hit from higher energy prices and certainly something that will be on Andrew Bailey's mind before he makes uh, he and the Monetary Policy Committee make a call on interest rates on Thursday. Victoria, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> That was Victoria Scholar from Interactive Investor. Lots to talk about, and I say we'll be talking about central banks for the rest of the week too. But that's all for now from me, Andy Sylvester. And as we record this, all I have to tell you is that City M's punter, Tipster, is currently three for three in Cheltenham, so he's doing pretty well. I'd get on it for tomorrow. That's all from me. Bye-bye.